the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. It's an easy choice to make when He gives. A little tougher when He takes away, isn't it? But that's the truth of life. That life, experience, there's always giving and taking. But we are blessed as children of God because there is a consistent plane of blessing which we can dwell on. When we choose to say, blessed be your name, regardless of what circumstance may bring, we step out into truth by faith and say, Lord, even in this, blessed be your name. I will declare the glory of the Lord. I will declare the truth of my heart. I will declare the truth of His salvation. I will not rehearse my circumstances, good or bad. I will lift my hands towards heaven, and I will shout praise unto Him who gives me my salvation and my very breath. That is the choice of life. What are you choosing Your heart reflects what you choose. Your countenance reflects what you choose. What are you choosing? It says in Ephesians 4 verse 10, He, that is our Christ, our Savior, He who descended is the very same He, the Lord Jesus, who who also has ascended high above all the heavens that He, His presence, might fill all things, the whole universe, from the lowest to the highest. He who descended has also ascended. He did it all. He ascended. He descended. He made a massive display of victory that He had won. He gave illustration to the fact that there is no limit to the height or to the depth of His expression and of His love. And you can look at this whole verse right here and you can say, well, that's wonderful that He ascended and that's wonderful that He descended, but tell me, what has that got to do with me? It has everything to do with you. It is the reason that we're rejoicing today because this is what I want you to understand. When we start in Ephesians 4.8 and he talks about the triumphal procession and he talks about leading captivity, taking captivity captive and when he talks about marching through the center of heaven before all the heavenly host proclaiming the victory. I want you to understand why. 
I want you to understand the purpose. I want you to understand more than the, just the, the theo, theological truth that he did it. I want you to see his heart. He set the captives free. He took the keys away from the captors. He proclaimed victory over sin and death before all the heavenly hosts and made a public display of his victory. Why? So all, would, all of heaven would know he won the victory. He paid the price. And here's the reason. So that all of heaven would know you're his. You are his. He has proclaimed it in the depths of hell and in the highest heaven. He says, those who receive me are my own. They are my beloved. They are my children. They are mine. And God welcomed them. They didn't have to have a parade. The parade wasn't about just about Jesus. It was about what Jesus did and the gift that he brought to his father. And do you know what raiment Jesus was wearing? Do you know what decorated him as he walked down the streets of heaven proclaiming the victory? Do you know what decoration he was wearing? He wore nail prints in his hands. And he wore scars across his brow. And he wore a gash in his side. Because he did not put aside the humanity that suffered. He brought it into glory. And he walked forward and he says, This is who I am. I'm not just the Son of God. I am not just a God. I am the beginning and the end. I am the beginning, the Adam, the Son of Man. I am joined with Him. Flesh and blood that have chosen me. You and all of you who know Him have become part of Him. And He is proud. He is so proud that He made public display. He walked down the center of heaven revealing His humanity with His divinity. Isn't that cool? Oh, He could have walked through there wearing all the robes, splendid robes of heaven. And He could have walked through there wearing the, the crown. And He could have walked through there wearing all of, the, all of the, 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 the appropriate attire of the God of heaven. With glorious splendor, He could have said to them, I am God, I am victor. But you know what? It's more than that. He didn't have to come and die to proclaim that. He didn't have to suffer on the cross to get that done. This was a parade of victory for you. This was a demonstration of glory for you. Before all of heaven. And he went to the very depths of hell to proclaim it. And he went to the highest heaven to proclaim it. So that everyone would know the truth of your salvation. He's not ashamed of you. He's not trying to hide you like Cousin Ed in a closet. He is lifting you up and He is marching through heaven and He is sitting down at the right hand of the Father clothed in humanity and clothed in divinity and He says, I am representative of your children. I am the firstborn of your children. And you know what? The Father sits on high and He can't 
he can't look at Jesus without seeing the humanity. He can't look at Jesus without seeing the scars. He can't look at Jesus without seeing all that he sacrificed. And do you think the Father winces? Do you think he cringes? No. The marks of death are the marks of love. They are the trophies of grace. And the Father looks at him and doesn't weep for sadness, but weeps tears of joy as he says, They're mine. They're mine. They're my children. Why was it so important that he declare your freedom before heaven? Because now there's no longer any room for accusation. You are his own. You are eternal. You are redeemed. Before the accuser would come before the throne, he would come before the Father and accuse man of being unfaithful, accuse man of being a sinner, accuse man by pointing to his behavior, pointing to his thoughts, pointing to his methods, pointing to all that he's done, pointing to the failures of man. He's constantly before the throne saying, Look at your creation. Look how it's failed. Look at the poison it's spreading. Look how it's done. So on and so forth. And there's a story in Job. Y'all remember? Job chapter 1, verse 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons, the angels of God, came to present themselves before the Lord, and then Satan, the adversary and accuser, also came among them. Now what was he going to do? Notice who's in the audience there. Who all's in the audience? The heavenly host. The angels. And what's Satan doing there? He's there to accuse. He's there to condemn. And the way the story reads, I kind of get the idea that he's probably off on somebody else. And God says, oh, have you considered my servant Job? Have you looked at Job? Because he's probably nailing somebody's behavior over here, you know. And he says, no, wait a minute, have you considered my, my servant Job? Now, Satan can't say anything about Job's behavior, can he? He was upright. He was righteous. So what does, he, what does he do? He attacks his motive. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. You should know he's doing it to you all the time. You finally do the right thing and he comes alongside of you and says, Yeah, well, we know why you did that. You did that so they'd see how good you are. You did that so you could get in uncle so-and-so's pockets. You did that so you could take advantage of this. You did that so you could do... He comes with the accusation, accusing you, pointing at your heart, telling you you're corrupt regardless of your behavior. You're not going to win, are you? That's the devil for you. And he points at Job's behavior and accuses him. Is it not that you've hedged... Of course he's good. You've hedged him in. You're protecting him. You're prospering him. Well, I'd be good too if I could get all of that. What's the insinuation? That Job's only doing it for the blessing. Have you ever heard that accusation? Well, I wonder where that came from. You'd think he'd come up with some new material, wouldn't you? No. He's accusing Job of having the wrong motive. And God, God, of course, you know as the story goes on, God just kind of lets him go and take everything away from Job. And Job comes to the place where he just continually comes back to Father. He says, you know, you're my life, you're my salvation, you're my provision. I don't understand all this. I was righteous, but, I was standing, but I'm, I'm trusting you to deliver me. I'm trusting you to keep me. Because Job's heart was more attached to God than it was to all of the things that he'd collected. 
But notice where Satan did all his accusing. And notice who was there when he did it. The heavenly host. Now, what we're seeing in Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 10, is Jesus marching down the center of heaven in front of those same heavenly hosts and saying, they are righteous. I have paid the price. I have taken these children and I have made them new creation. I am declaring before all of heaven. I'm starting down at the bottom of hell and I'm going to the top of heaven and I am proclaiming with all of this fanfare there is no room for accusation before the throne of God for the children of God. You hear that? No room. There's no room. We have been made righteous by Him who is our life. 1 Corinthians verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 30. But it is from Him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God, revealed to us a knowledge and of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright and putting us in right standing with God and our consecration, making us pure and holy and our redemption, providing our ransom from the eternal penalty. No room for accusation. The child of God is washed clean. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. But you were washed clean, purified by a complete atonement for sin, and made free from the guilt of sin. And you were consecrated, set apart, hallowed, and you were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God. Can you see that you have reason for thanksgiving? Can you see that you are clean? that you are pure, that you are righteous before Him? Do you think the enemy has stopped his accusations? No. I don't think he's quite as eloquent before the throne as he was. But I do believe he waxes real eloquent in the ears of God's children. He is always there accusing. Now listen, if you don't know Him as your Savior, if you're not a child of God, then He's got room to accuse And most likely he's not wasting a whole lot of time with you because you're going his way anyway. But if you are a child of God, he is constantly working on you. You are a failure. You are a loser. You can't get it right. You constantly mess up. How could God love you? You don't love others. You are a bitter person. You're an angry person. You're not all that you should be. You just did that for attention. You don't really love God. You can't make it on your own. You, you've you got to gather unto yourself all that you can get. This world's about to get what you can. Can you hear those voices? Have you ever heard them? Well, let me tell you how they really sound. Satan's no fool. This is how they sound. I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I can't get it right. I can't make anybody love me. Nobody cares about me. I constantly try to get others to love me, but nobody really loves me. God doesn't care. God never hears my prayers. Does that sound more familiar? 
You see, Satan's no fool. First person singular is the way he talks to you. And you know what you do? If you don't have your focus upon Him, if you don't have your eyes upon the truth, if you have not grasped those Scriptures that I have read before you, that you are a child of God, that you are righteous before Him, you have bought into every bit of what He said. You've sat there and said in your emotions, you know, I'm a loser. He says, you're a failure. I'm a failure. He says, you can't get it right. I can't get it right. I just can't handle the stress. I can't handle the stress. God's not big enough for my circumstances. God's just not big enough. I can't, I guess I'm just not good. You can hear it all. Now listen, if He can convince you of that, then He will convince you that the answer is something other than Jesus and you will constantly be seeking something other than Jesus. And your life will constantly be empty and devoid of victory. But I'm going to tell you, you want to change people? You take the child of God and you take his focus off himself and you put his focus on the truth that is within him and you turn his eyes towards Jesus and you turn his eyes towards the truth of who he is in Christ and you you get him to rehearse the truth, continually renewing his mind with the fact that I am righteous, that I am clean, that I am purified, that I am loved, that I am accepted, that I am held close by the God of heaven, that he keeps me unto himself. He is my provider. He is my protection. He is my provision. He is all that I need. I need nothing else. Jesus is enough. I will walk with victory. And you get him start to proclaiming that. And I'm going to tell you something. You will have a victorious Christian on your hands. But if they're going to believe the lie of the enemy, they're just as good as lost. If they're going to embrace bitterness and self-protection, greed and anxiousness, the lust of the eyes and the lust of flesh, as though that were the answer. If they're going to believe the lies of hell continually whispering in their ears, then I'm going to tell you this person that should be a victorious child of God is walking from woundedness to woundedness, from bitterness to bitterness. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Free. You think you have room for Thanksgiving? Is Jesus enough? Satan no longer has basis to accuse. Doesn't mean he doesn't do it. And I'm going to tell you something. The angels sit up there and just shake their head. Because when Satan's out there peeling out all the stuff about your behavior, when Satan's up there telling telling God about your motives, I can just hear him saying, "Doesn't he get it? Has he not seen? Was he not here for the parade? Didn't he see Jesus walk down the streets? Didn't he hear the truth? Didn't he watch Jesus raise from the dead? Wasn't he there when Jesus broke the chains of the captives? Didn't he see the keys of hell and death dangling at his waist? What is up with this guy? Doesn't he know? Let him talk about behavior. I'm going to tell you something. If my behavior is bad, it's a reflection of my confusion, not of who I am. And let him talk about my motives. The Bible says I have been given a new heart. And that he has placed his desires on my heart. 
I can believe the lie that he's telling me, or I can believe what the Word of God says and what the Spirit within me says, yea and amen to. And that is, I love the Lord with all my heart and with all my mind, and I lean to Him, not with my own understanding, but with the knowledge and the revelation of the Spirit of God within me. And I walk in the truth of who I am as a child of God, and I will walk in victory. And here's the neat thing. I don't have to try to figure out whether I'm walking in victory or not. Again, if I'm miserable, I took the access road. I got my focus off. I started listening to the lies. But you know all it takes? It's turning my eyes towards Him. Repeating the truth to my mind, will, and emotions. The enemy's still concentrating. He doesn't spend as much time before the throne. He puts his efforts on the brethren. If he can, can, can convince you that your standing with God is dependent upon your behavior, then he can rob you of living with freedom and intimacy with Christ. Understanding that it is finished and the enemy has no more grounds to accuse you, you have lots of room for thanksgiving. Now those of you who have been following this message in Ephesians are probably thinking, Wow, Pastor, I thought you were going to talk about the gifts. I'm telling you the biggest gift you've got right here. The greatest gift. It is Jesus. It is His life. It is what He has given you in that life. And I'm telling you the reason for the proclaim. The angels know you're free. The heavenly hosts know you're free. Everybody in heaven knows you're free. Everybody in the depths of hell knows you're free. Do you know it? Do you know it? Do you really know it? Whether you know it or not, it's true. If you're a child of God, you're free. If you're not, then embrace the Lord who loves you with all of His life. Receive the truth and let the chains fall off. Become a child of God, a new creation. Walk above the condemnation of the wicked one. Walk upon the petting, above the pettiness of this world. Walk above the needs and the cravings of a wanton world that cannot get enough. And be satisfied with Him. Be completely satisfied with Him. He's here, you know. He's here. Have you recognized Him today? Listen, I'm going to say it again. For the child of God, it's not a matter of feeling, it's just a matter of fact. Choose Him. He's already chosen you. You have the greatest gift of life. Do you know that everything in this life points to the climax where you recognize Him. Where you embrace Him. Because that whole parade and that whole, that whole fanfare, all that Jesus put forth on the streets of heaven, was so that everybody would recognize that you are free and that you are His own. Next week we're going to talk about 
the gifts of ministry that He bestowed from heaven's gate. He threw down ministry so that He could reinforce the truth in you. You see, God's all about reinforcing the truth. He puts all kinds, all manner of testimony before you. Your own body witnesses the truth when sin is in your body, when you've embraced it. You find yourself sick of it. You find yourself grieved with it. Well, learn from the truth of it. You weren't made for sin. You were made for Jesus. Father, thank You that You have given us freedom and that we can walk in that freedom and that we can embrace the truth without having to earn it, without having to buy it or pay for it but simply giving up our life to You and receiving Your salvation, allowing us, Lord, to watch the chains fall off and march with You in victory through this life and join You in the heavens with the truth that we are like You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.